Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another week, all kinds of excitement, too much excitement out there. I wish things would calm down, not only in Washington, but the whole world. Uh, too many heavy things, uh, too much for us to be concerned with. Trump is not helping. He's irritating the whole world, uh, turning our friends against us, getting us, getting us out of trade agreements we should have remained in, uh, trying to become friends, becoming friends with people who have been our enemies for years, but alienating the rest, the rest of the free world. So I don't know. Well, the worst thing that could have happened thus far under Trump's administration happened today, and that's with the tax bill in the House of Representatives. They passed the tax bill as anticipated uh, overwhelmingly. They control the House. They got it. And tomorrow, it was supposed to go to the Senate for a vote tonight, but I'll tell you why it isn't going to the Senate for a vote tonight, because the bill that the House passed is no good. Uh, whatever the House did, it had to comply with certain Senate rules. It did not comply with Senate rules. So they're bringing the House back tonight, all the representatives, to vote on the bill again, to legitimatize it. So they can send it to the Senate tomorrow for the Senate to pass it. And then I'm sure that Trump is going to sign it as soon as possible. This, the Republicans are excited. Uh especially the head of the Ways and Means Committee today. He's a bald-headed fellow from Texas. I forget his name. Uh, And what he said is what a lot of Republicans have been saying the last few days, and we should be aware, we should be cognizant, and we should be on our guard. He said, we know the people don't like it in the country. None of them understand. Uh, You, the press, have poisoned them. And... uh, We know it's good for them. They don't know it's good for them, but they're going to find out it's good for them. Now, you tell me how the hell this guy knows what's good for you and me and how this bunch of 247 or 250 Republican uh, congressmen knows what's good for the other 320 million people in this country. Not on an issue like this where the numbers show uh, polls have been taken that two to one, the people of this country reject this tax law. The people do understand uh, it's terrible. They're they're handling themselves like they're patricians. They've got their feudal castles, and we're the plebeians, and we're the serfs working the fields. They know what's good for us. We don't know what's good for ourselves. All right? Well, let me tell you something. Uh, We're going to know by next year at this time. A little later, maybe, but into, yeah, by next year at this time, because this is going to start off good. People are going to start getting money in their checks right away in January. They're going to bring extra money home in their paychecks. And the uh, our Congress thinks this is what's going to make the people happy, to bring home an extra $50, $60 in their paycheck. Uh, it's not a hell of a lot of money. It comes to about 3000 a year. Let me show you how the numbers work. Congress considers the middle class people making under two hundred or under three hundred thousand a year. Those numbers go back and forth. I don't know which one it is because they don't know themselves. But under two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand a year, you are middle class. And because and by the way, how many people make two hundred thousand dollars a year that you know? Anyhow, 
those people are going to bring home an extra $60 a year. Now, the very rich, that 1% maybe comes to 5%, uh, they're going to take home $60 a week, the $200,000, $300,000 people. But the people making a lot of money anyhow, they're billionaires, are going to take home $13,000 every week because of this, this bill, this new tax law. Now, let me tell you how it works out. You take $60, multiply it times 52 weeks, that that's $3,100, $3,000 a year. Those making two and 300000 are finding their paychecks extra every week. The people making 13000 every week on this deal, though, you multiply that by 52 weeks in a year, it comes to $780,000 a year. Now, ain't that fair? They make all that, and the people making two and three hundred don't make anywhere near it. Uh, this one Republican I heard today, he called this, this new tax law Republican Equality. I don't see where the hell the equality is, and I don't think you do either. I'm going to tell you where I think we're going. I think we're heading for a recession. Next year, towards the middle, towards the end of the year, we may be into a recession. Uh, just like that, because that's how recessions occur. I'm not an economist. I understand that, and I could be totally wrong. But I'm 82 years old. And I lived through a lot of recessions. And I want to tell you how recessions occur. Just like that on a given day. The market's booming. And then all of a sudden, in one day, it loses three or 400 points. The next day, it loses another three or 400 points. Then it comes back a little bit. And then a couple of days later, it starts losing more and more. And sometimes you lose a few thousand points. And we're into a recession. You have no preparation for it. You can't anticipate it because the market's always booming when this happens. Everything's good. Nothing could be better in this country. And then everyone's asking, the guys with the money, why did this market come down? Why did it drop three, 400 points? Why 800 points in a day, a day, in a couple of days? I see this coming. I see this coming. I see it coming. And... Then you're going to see how good this tax bill was, because this tax bill is one of the things that will lead us into that recession if it occurs, as I anticipate. I want to tell you something. Remember Lyndon Johnson, our president? A lot of people don't like him, but he, he was a great civil rights leader. He got the civil rights law through, and it took balls, brass balls, for him to do it. He was from Texas. The South was Democratic at the time. This is back in the early 70s. Uh, I was practicing law already 15 years at the time. He, um, he was a Democrat. He's from Texas. But he knew if he got this civil rights law through, and it was the correct thing to do, that the South would go Republican. And it did automatically the next year. He was right. Uh, he, he, he said some interesting things. And one of them was this. Uh, he said, and I quote, making a speech on economics, on the budget, on the tax bill, for example, making a speech on economics is a lot like pissing down your leg. Got it? A lot like pissing down your leg. It seems hot to you, but it never does to anyone else. So there's Donald Trump. He's pissing down his leg and Paul Ryan and all these other Republicans who are for this bill uh, and for this new law. They're pissing down their legs. They feel terrific. But it doesn't sound that way to the rest of the country. Two to one again, they are against this new tax law. I want to tell you something, about this, something else about Donald Trump and Lyndon Johnson. Uh, 
Now, Lyndon Johnson was a crude man. I think Trump's a crude man, but they were crude in different ways. But they were both crude. They're both crude, no question about it. Lyndon Johnson had a habit when he had a, he's in the Oval Office and he's got people with him and he's having a meeting. If he had to go to the bathroom, and he has a private bathroom there just off his office, uh, and he had to take a dump, no other way of presenting it, he'd go in there, drop his drawer, sit on the toilet, leave the door open and call everybody over, and while he's taking his dump, he keeps talking and doing business. It was reported on the national news last week that in the middle of a meeting, Donald Trump pulled a Lyndon Johnson. He had to take a dump. He went, left the door open, and told everybody to talk louder while he was doing it. Uh, two pigs also. i got to say it that way. Okay, moving on here. This tax bill, this new tax law, is going to help the corporations. We know it. You don't have you don't have to be smart to know it. Drop the uh, what was it? they're being taxed thirty five percent. What we dropped the tax uh, on their income to twenty one percent. What a dramatic drop! Thirty five or thirty nine percent to twenty one percent. They're going to have so much free money. Uh, the problem is they don't need money. Uh, again, the uh, the stocks are doing good. The stock market's way up. This country is in very good shape economically today uh, with the degree of manufacturing it is doing. It's got to do more. Uh, I don't buy all the numbers that Trump talks about all the time. But they're doing well, these companies. Now, I'm going to give you an example of how well these companies are. And what I'm going to share with you shows the mentality, the character, the morality of corporate America. I'm sharing with you a major pharmaceutical company called Avondale. Avondale, okay? They recently dramatically, dramatically raised the price on two of their drugs, one by 800% and the other by 2,500%. Now, it's price gouging, price gouging in the drug market. And here's the way it works. They go out, a company like Avondale, and they look for a stock that doesn't have any competition or has very little competition. They Not a stock, a drug. They buy the rights to that drug, okay? They buy the rug, drug rights to the drug. Then they massively inflate the price and make a hell of a profit. Now, let me give you two examples that just happened, and this is, it tells you the story. One is called Niacor. They bought this. It's nothing more than niacin and vitamin B, it cost $32.46 for a bottle of 100 before they bought it. They bought it and boost, boosted the price up to $295 a bottle of 100, from 32.46 to 2.95. Then there's SSKI. I don't really know what it's for, uh, but they raised that one 2,499 percent. A 30 milliliter bottle of the drug or the medicine went from $11.48 a bottle to $295 a bottle. These, well, we know drug companies are pigs. All of you, especially we of the older generation, we senior citizens, we need a lot of drugs, and we know how we get gouged. Uh, the co-pays, I can't believe some of the co-pays some of the time. Uh, and it's wrong, this price gouging, on top of being a highly profitable and successful corporation to begin they really have a concern for the people of the United States, companies like this. Now, I believe 
that our country, the United States of America, we are dest- it's being destroyed by our own people. Our own people are destroying America. Not necessarily you and me, but the Donald Trumps. And I got to say, these Republicans who, for some reason, instead of, there was a time elected representatives generally paid allegiance to the United States of America. We got to do what's good for the people. Now they all suck up to Donald Trump. This guy did do something. And what? Less than a year, he's got all of them sucking up. They're, they're all kissing his ass. They want to do what he wants. Nobody wants to take him up on a moral, moral, on a moral issue and say, you're wrong, we can't do things this way. They're afraid of the man. He's got a talent. I believe Trump is sick. I think he's a mental case. I said this when he was running in the primaries. I go that far back. Uh, I'll tell you this, too. Nixon was the, Nixon was a bad man. Nixon hurt this country. Uh, Clinton's impeachment was a personal thing. Nixon did something to hurt the country. What Nixon did is kid stuff in comparison to what Trump is doing. So I say, my friends, be where? Be vigilant, okay? I believe that we are living in the most dangerous time in the history of our country. I repeat, I believe we are living in the most dangerous time in the history of our country. And I got a long time. I keep going back to being 82, but that puts me a long time on this earth. And I feel like I've lived through history because I'm so old. We are being destroyed by our own, by our own people. And Donald Trump right now is leading the fact, but he's got hundreds for whatever reason, behind him want to go to alabama in the election uh, my show was last tuesday but the election, we had no results at, at uh, nine o'clock when my show was on they came later in the night uh, i've got to say this i thought alabama was going to go for more i, I just the people acted so strange and I couldn't believe they would do it, but they're so hard-ass Republican out there. What is eight percent of the people in uh, Alabama are Democrats? And it was like a free ride for more. Uh, I'm going to tell you the result in, in electing Jones uh, renewed my faith in humankind, in the people of this country, uh, because there's some things that go beyond party lines, and Jones's election was one of those things. And Moore's defeat was one of those things, okay? Uh, it still bothers me, though, that senators, the Republican senators, uh, they put politics ahead of, ahead of right, ahead of morality, all right? Uh, they didn't care that he might have been a pedophile and he was chasing young girls and he had this bad track record sexually. Uh, they were more concerned by keeping control, assuring themselves of keeping control of the United States Senate politically rather than doing what was right and not wrong. I say get rid of them all. I'd get rid of the House of Representatives and the Senate, Democrats and Republicans. Let's start fresh, okay? Let's get somebody off the farm, somebody out of a drugstore. Let's get the people back in Washington the way it was back when this country started. I will never forget, nor should you ever forget, how people initially seemed to prefer, initially seemed to prefer more, Roy Moore, okay? And I couldn't understand why the people in Alabama were preferring him and other people. 
because Moore was a man who hated gays, he hated Jews, he hated blacks, and he liked children. Now, (laughs) there's something sick about this guy, but yet people were willing to follow him. And Trump was one of them. He was the Pied Piper. This, This happened this past week. Young lady black by the name of Armorosa Mangalt Newman, 27 years old. There are in the White House 27 staff members, okay? They're the hierarchy working directly, immediately for the President of the United States. One of them is Armorosa. She's a black woman, 27. Only black woman there, you know. We can say honestly, Trump does not appear to like people of color. Tan, tan, black, whatever you are, oriental, he does not like people of color, Latinos. Uh, He has no diversity except for this one girl in his cabinet. He only has one person of diversity, Ben Ben Carson. Well, anyhow, uh, she got in trouble somehow with John Kelly last week, and he's the chief of staff, and Kelly fired her. And the initial word, news word, was that she ran from downstairs in the White House up to the uh, president's personal quarters. He lives on the top floor with his family, looking for the president, screaming for him because she didn't want to be fired. And they got her, and Kelly had her taken out of the White House on escort and taken out beyond the fence and took her credentials away. Don't come back anymore. Well, why did this all happen? Well, obviously, she got in a pissing match with John Kelly. We don't know why yet. Uh, Anyhow, by the next morning, whatever this Trump likes her, apparently, uh, that's conceded here. He he likes her. He considers her a um, loyal person, a word very important, a situation very important to the president. Uh, She was back. And I don't know if she's in the White House, but she's back, and she's resigning as of the first of the year, and none of this is true. So who knows? And she went on TV a little bit, but she didn't really say anything, but she says, i got a story to tell. Well, I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) I think she's going to have a very interesting story to tell, and it isn't going to be about how black people are being oppressed. I can't wait till she tells her story. This country may be shocked and surprised. Now, Trump has a way with words. Uh, he keeps changing words. He, you know, as president, he can sign a piece of paper, and that changes an existing regulation or adjusts a, a law. He puts something into effect, so the law can be passed, backing it up. He plays with words, words to the detriment of the people of the United States, words to the detriment of our country. Now, let's talk about birth control. My God, when the hell are we going to get off the birth control kick? We've been at this for, what, 50 years? I don't believe this. It's like abortion. Anyhow, uh, you will recall about two years ago, the Little Sisters of something, some religious nunnery group, they went to court. Their position basically was they had employees, and they thought it violated their religious rights uh, if they had to pay for insurance that would provide free birth control to women. 
And the court agreed with them. Uh, if it violates your religious rights, you don't have to do it. So the issue was resolved. Well, Trump opened the door last week. He loves playing with words. And he issued, uh, he came out with an order that became became law. <laughs> it became law, and here's what happened. Uh, he came out with a, a, an order that said, we are taking religious rights that's an exemption that you have to provide birth control. And we're going to add two more exemptions to it. One is going to be for publicly traded corporations. And if a public corporation does not want to pay for birth control pills for their women, female employees, they don't have to because they are a public corporation. Now, you tell me what the hell does a public corporation have to do religiously with uh, the little sisters of a religious organization? And he also said, if not on religious ground, you, you're an employer, and it's not on religious grounds that you want to uh, stop paying for this stuff, uh, perhaps because you're not the little nuns, you're just drugstore chain or something, you can do it if you say it's on moral grounds, moral grounds. Well, this went before court this past week. And a federal judge temporarily blocked these new Trump rules on birth controls. He blocked it. It's temporary. They're going to come up for full argument uh, probably in the next month, and we'll see what happens from there. And then it'll go on to the appellate courts. It'll be an issue for almost two years. But he doesn't give up trying, Trump. He doesn't give up trying. He takes the things that the Obama gave the people he keeps taking away, and he blames Obama for all the bad things he claims have happened in this country. The man is sick. All right, going back to words again. There is a place called the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Most people in the United States have never heard of it or understand it, etc. I have had personal knowledge. I have personal knowledge of it. It's in Atlanta. It's a huge campus. It's a federal. Uh, it's a federal entity. It's part of the federal government, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And what they do, uh, it's an agency tasked with saving and protecting the lives of the most vulnerable in this country. They are ahead of the game when there's a new disease coming out. They're already anticipating and working on a cure. Uh, they they keep stuff in this country that if the bottle was opened, Atlanta would be wiped out in an hour, okay? Just opening the bottle of whatever's in it. Uh, they just We are better off health-wise because of them. Without them, we'd be in terrible, terrible, in a terrible situation. Now, they have to apply for money. They, you know, they put their budget, budget request in once a year. And Trump did not like the words that they would use when they're describing why there is a need for a certain amount of money in a budget. So he issued an order that he signed this past week. And he said, you must stop using, he said this to the center, you must stop using certain words in your application, in your budget documents for 2018. Now, there are seven words that he specifically banned. This is what they are. Diversity, fetus, transgender, vulnerable, entitlement, 
science-based, evidence-based. Now, these are words that apparently these doctors and scientists down there use and say, I've got a transgender issue, this is very vulnerable, Uh, this is scientifically based, et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't want that in there. He said that from now on, you've got to use words, describe it, what you're saying, based on community standards and wishes. What the people in a particular area might have to say about it or want, not what you think as a doctor or a scientist. Now, this is the highest class organization, maybe the highest class organization in the world for protecting the health of a, of a people. And we are that people, the people of the United States. But he wants you to use community standards and wishes. Now, somebody's asked for him to do this, and he's doing it. I haven't figured out who yet. Uh, bad situation. And I'm going to tell you this. The medical and scientific community in this country are upset. They believe this is reckless and dangerous and cannot be permitted to go on. And they are, they are already mobilizing uh, to try to work this out and get the old words put back in. This is another thing the president did with words. You know, he laugh at you. I'm laughing as I say this. This guy loves to move his pen around. Uh, and you know the guy is that generally writes this stuff, the inspiration, the Steve Miller sitting in the background. He's 32 years old. He's got slicked down, little hair. He's getting bald from the front. Then uh, he, he's... Donald Trump's Joseph Goebbels. Adolf Hitler had Joseph Goebbels, who did his writing and said, if you tell a lie enough times, people will believe it. Uh, now we're, he's into, the president's into stealing tips. Uh, and why am I concerned about stealing tips? I'm talking about waiters, waitresses, and bartenders, and kitchen help. Uh, our, our business, our industry in Key West is tourism. We've got more waiters and waitresses, et cetera, than I don't know how many. But just about everybody's a waiter, waitress, or bartender, or a chef, or a dishwasher. And you know waiters and waitresses and bartenders get tips. Uh, In some instances, they pool them. They don't have to by law. And they share it with the kitchen help, the chef, the the dishwashers, et cetera. Uh, Most times they don't. They keep it all. However, as a practical matter, and this is illegal, but many employers, many restaurant owners in the country, they take a piece of the tips and they tell their employees, if you don't like it, get a job someplace else. Very simple. Well, Trump's come up with a new rule. Remember, Trump wants to make the rich richer, the poor poor. He wants to help business America, uh, corporate America. He doesn't care about the people of America, in my opinion. And this is the new rule, okay? And this is the new order. It's an order. And it says if the employer pays minimum wage to the bartenders, waiters, and waitresses, okay, that pool money that normally was set aside and went to the kitchen help because they're not out there working in front of the people, that percentage goes to the employer in full, 100%. He gets to keep all of the pool money. Screw the people in the kitchen. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, He does good things for the people who have money. He doesn't do good things for the people that don't have enough money. Want to talk about iguanas. And you say, what the hell do you want to talk about iguanas for? Because in the last 15 years, all of a sudden we have iguanas in Florida. 
they're on the golf course. They're by your swimming pools, anywhere from a foot to three feet long. They look like dinosaurs, little dinosaurs. Uh, the state came out last week, the state of Florence, says we got to do something about it. I've been saying we should do something about it for years. Uh, they're a protected species, by the way. You can't kill a son of a gun. Anyhow, they said, no, no, no. They're out of control. we got to do something to control them, et cetera. And so they're starting a program to do this. The very next day, it comes out that uh, Puerto Rico is selling iguana meat. It's, uh, they call it chicken of the trees, you know, chicken of the sea. Uh, for $15 to $49.99 a pound, it tastes like chicken. Central America and South America has been eating iguanas for years. We don't do that much here in the United States. That is my show for tonight. Uh, my book, Irma and Me, I can't believe how good it's selling. God bless America. I never expected this. Buy it. Uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I forget, $14.95, $15.95. Good, interesting reading. Not sad. Irma and Me. Fun. Uh, and listen to my Key West Lou video on Facebook every day, one or two minutes. I talk about whatever strikes me at the moment. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week.